welcome to Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm your host, Patrick Mayhorn, and I'm joined by Ryan, who I'm, I'm told has a special uh, a special note to start us off with here, Ryan. Is that correct? We have a very special story for a very special boy. Uh-huh. Um, we are going to read a little, a little article I'd like to talk about called, okay. spoiler alert, this is going to be fun, published okay. by author... Tom Shaddle? <laughs> Tom Shaddle, okay. Tom Shaddle. Uh, it's spelled S-H-A-T-E-L. Yeah, um, that, that seems like Shaddle or Shadle to me, either of which is Shadle. very funny all the same. Shaddle sounds more Midwestern, I guess. Yeah. Um, hard to say. Yeah, we're having... Anyway, he's a columnist. He's a, a real deal, writes in the newspaper office, has a salary and a pension and yeah. health care well, for the hmm. Omaha World Herald. <laughs> maybe, he, he, he may be used to. I don't know that he does anymore. <laughs> he has a pen and ink and a quill. Yeah, he, wrote he has this, a big, he wrote this he has a big out wax long. ring he stamps his stuff with. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he, he wrote this out longhand uh, by like on paper, and then he transcribed that with a typewriter, and then they scanned that into the computer so that he could put this up. Um, that's that's how they do things at, at newspapers like that. So what, what do we we, what do we have here? This is going to be standard newspaper fare, right? You know, this just your, your <laughs> usual, like a gamer or maybe even a player feature or something like that. Nothing strange. This, this is a, a future perspective this guy wrote okay. uh, previewing what would happen during the Scott Frost era at Nebraska. Okay. So I'm going to disclose that I have not read this. This was okay. sent to me by a user of ours, Cheesy Cheese 3, of course, yeah. of legendary fame. Uh, and I saw what it was about. I read the first couple words, and I was like, "Oh, I should read this live on the podcast." Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to know anything before I start reading it. Yeah, so I would. I would assume I cannot confirm this because I'm not looking at it. I would assume that this is from like prior, just prior to the 2018 season, right? That this was. It's. Uh, it's. It, it, I would assume that right when he yeah. was hired. Right? I, it would be really it, weird to write this at any other time. Um, the uh, hypothetical. Yeah, if you find it really funny right after the first season, actually, they went yeah, three and nine I'm, right I'm, after that. I'm, I'm dedicated to the cause. Yeah. So. So, uh, yeah, from what I've gathered, this is sort of a, a grown man kind of wish casting about the team that he covers, uh, I guess. So so what do we... Dude, what, oh my God. I just, sorry, I just read the last sentence, the first draft. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, let's just get into this. I got to try to keep it together. Yep. The car started lining up on Howard Avenue at about 9 a.m. And by 10, there were minor traffic backups on Highway 281 coming into town. Okay. They came, I guess that's a highway in Nebraska. Uh-huh. They came from the farms and the small towns in new red pickups and old white ones. They were farmers, middle-aged insurance men, mechanics, and moms holding kids. <laughs> Those who couldn't park across the street from the school settled for a few blocks away and walked up to the corner. When they get a glimpse of Scott Frost arriving at the high school to recruit the big boy left tackle <laughs> who had dreamed them up his whole life. Uh-huh. Heck, and this and this central Nebraska Hamlet, they all had. Uh, okay, okay, real quick. Um, really, really compelling lead here about a thing that everybody really loves that's really interesting, which is traffic on game day. Nobody li- if the only no, thing... No, bro, this is not game day. This, this is, is just... February 4th, 2020. This is okay. him in, in the day before <laughs> signing day going to recruit a big boy left tackle and a central Nebraska Hamlet, uh-huh. who presumably he couldn't get committed for the first half, of the, you know, the first entire cycle. Yeah, it took him until now. It took him until fucking signing day to get... <laughs> 
<laughs> get him on get board. The big boy left tackle yeah, at the, the central big Nebraska. Big boy left hamlet. tackle that the the uh, unwashed masses of Nebraska have have <laughs> flocked to see. Um, yeah, one hell of a way to start here is just by defi- describing uh, like a traffic buildup in the middle of fucking nowhere. <laughs> really driving so, it home here. So that's where he leads off. Then yeah. he follows through to October second, two thousand twenty-one. Okay, uh, in Lincoln. Of Nebraska, I assume. Mm-hmm. I would hope. On an indie on an Indian summer Saturday, Scott Frost landed his first big one. What's what? up, man? <laughs> on a what summer Saturday? What's up, brother? <laughs> you, you don't use that. I don't know. I still yeah. use that phrase. Okay, Maybe no, I, I'm that. not. I'm not familiar with the phrase. It's probably not. The phrase as... in Indian summer just means when it's like hot in the in the fall. Uh, okay, yeah, no, I'm not. It's familiar like you know, like you get like that stretch where it's like seven to ten days, it gets kind of hot again in the middle of October for no reason. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Okay, so okay, gotcha. All right, continue. It's problematic, but I, I use it as well. Yeah. Uh, anyway, on an Indian summer Saturday, Scott Frost landed his first big one. It went by the name of Urban Meyer. It went by the name of Urban Meyer. And after a breathless day in which classic high-stakes football returned to Memorial Stadium, nobody would blame Frost if he had the game mounted and framed in his office. For three hours, the Huskers and Ohio State Buckeyes went back and forth, punching and counterpunching. Though at times it seemed that Meyer and Frost were in the ring alone, throwing haymakers from playbooks. The Big Ten King and the man who would be king. Uh-huh. All hail the new king. Oh, my God. Cross Huskers outpunched and outlasted the mighty Bucks, 24-21, in a game that old-timers were calling the hardest-hitting football game they'd seen on this field since the Oklahoma game in 1978. <laughs> oh Tom Osborne earned his Nebraska coaching stripes that day, and here, a generation and a conference away, it seemed that Frost had done the same. It took some magic on a 75-yard drive that ate up nearly all of the final three minutes. That's a long drive, dude. Yeah. With senior quarterback Adrian Martinez pulling third down rabbit after rabbit out of his hat. This dra- The drama wound down to a crucial third and fourth, the Ohio State 7, in which Martinez faked a keeper and pitched to a slot receiver coming the other way on a reverse. We had that play scouted, but they fooled us, Meyer said. Hats off to them. Jesus Christ. Dude. The Brown... <laughs> The only thing more riveting than reading a game recap in the newspaper is reading a game recap in the newspaper for a game three years in the future that does not happen. That's, that's I, I love I love to really aiming high here with a twenty four to twenty win f- four seasons after his first year, three seasons after his first year at the helm is when he finally gets a big win. It's gonna like, in this guy's ideal world. No, it would be four seasons. Four seasons in, Scott Frost has finally finally secured a big victory mm-hmm. <laughs> okay okay great loving this loving it so far really aiming high. uh here's where he continues yeah nebraska moved into the driver's seat in the big 10 west with home games upcoming against michigan iowa and wisconsin this was a great win for us told the media but nobody <laughs> should be celebrating anything we have a tough game with Northwestern next week. We haven't done anything yet. His dream quote is a fucking deflection. He's he's, he's inventing a, co- a coach fucking shutting down his question. That's his ideal quote is a coach just completely sidestepping like, you know, how do you feel? His, his fucking question of talk about how you feel after this one. <laughs> This is so sad. This is so sad better. that this is his like ideal world is one where a coach <laughs> is just like, we can't be happy about this. <laughs> it gets better, brother. Okay. December 2nd, 2028, Indianapolis. They won. Now they wait. 
Scott Frost won his third Big Ten championship on Saturday night at Lucas Oil Stadium. Third. In 10 seasons? Pounding, pounding Michigan 35-14. to 14. Okay. But as the Huskers gathered on the award stand to collect their trophy, most fans, players, and coaches had already turned their attention to the long 12 hours that awaited the team. Nebraska, 13-0, sat fifth in the college football playoff standings. What? (laughs) Behind number one, Alabama, number two, Texas, number three, USC, and number four, Florida. Oh, my God. Guy who's stuck permanently in 2009. The 2009 season happened, and they lost that game to Texas in the Big 12 championship game. And this guy is like, there's been no brain activity since. That was the <laughs> that was he's, he is he legally he is considered dead by medical professionals because of that game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Huskers figured to move ahead of one loss Florida, but the Gators knocked off previously unbeaten Alabama and the SEC championship game, providing a dilemma for the playoff committee and chairman Steve Spurrier. Asked about the situation. <laughs> That's really good. First uh-huh. Of all. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> chairman Steve Spurrier. Is a, uh, the phrase is going to stick in my brain for weeks. <laughs> yeah. Chairman, chairman, can someone, can one of our uh, idiot little fans uh-huh. make us uh, like a Chairman Mal style poster with Chairman Dude, Steve Spurrier? I, I, know of, I, I know of a certain uh, AI art generator that I think is going to be doing that very shortly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, okay, asked for the situation by a Fox Sports reporter during the award ceremony. First of all, they couldn't even get Fox to cover the game. It was it was uh, FS1. It was FS1. 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 The Big uh, Ten is no longer a P5 conference. Seems to be the implication <laughs> here, given that you know, the Nebraska was fifth despite winning the Big Ten. Like that's uh, undefeated Nebraska being behind a one-loss Florida team. It has been relegated well below the <laughs> other conferences. It seems. Asked for the situation by a Fox Sports reporter during the award ceremony. Frost shrugged and said, I don't have too much to say. I think we just made a pretty good case on the field. I'm proud of my team and we'll play anybody. But the MVP of the Big Ten title game, quarterback Jimmy Chitwood, grabbed the mic and said, if you can vote for Florida or Alabama in good conscience after what you saw, go ahead. But if you watched our game tonight, I don't know how anyone could deny this great man a chance at a national championship. Oh my god. Again, these are the dream quotes. These are the best quotes that this guy could imagine. Is the start of the Scott Frost one being, I don't have a whole lot to say. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> There's a lot of people involved with this who don't have a lot to say, it seems like. Dude. <laughs> the the star quarterback is just after they win the big game, he's just saying, if you can deny this great man a chance at a uh-huh. national championship, that... Jesus Christ, these fucking yokel losers, dude. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is such a it's a haunting it's haunting to look into this man's soul like this i really i'm made like very uncomfortable by it that the three greatest things that he could imagine is scott frost needing to go to a an in-state recruits high school the day before signing day to make sure that he doesn't go out of the state um four seasons in managing to beat Ohio State. That's the big accomplishment is that they beat Ohio State. Uh, And then a decade later... Winning the Big Ten championship and not Three being in the playoffs. Three times in a decade. That's like that's the, the dream. Yeah. That's like yeah, your your third Big Ten championship in eleven seasons, and it's not even enough to put you in the the, the <laughs> there's a playoff controversy and his fucking wish casting. <laughs> what is wrong with this guy? <laughs> oh my god! It's really funny. It's a really really funny uh, uh, situation. 
I personally loved it. I thought it was great. Uh-huh. Uh, I think uh, I think he did a really bang up job. Yeah. Uh, I loved it, man. I, I I'm proud of how you know how, like hard it is to be so like yokel, mm-hmm. uh, uh, provincial, like in the Big Ten. Do you know how yeah. like how how hard you have to try to he's, be this small he's, time? He's really for sticking other to Big his Ten guns. fans. This guy is walking like, around. Is he, he's walking around Indianapolis for Big Ten Media Day, and he's got the fucking. He has no shirt on underneath some denim overalls. Like he's, <laughs> he's got like a like a you know a piece of hay in his mouth. It's just like. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's he's like walking around barefoot. He's just he's he's carrying a frog with him everywhere he goes. <laughs> he's calling his wife. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's, he's explaining that he got to Indianapolis because he just got on a log and floated down a fucking river. <laughs> he's got Dude. a banjo strapped to his back. Holy shit! It's unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable. I mean, like we're in a conference with Iowa, and, yeah. and you know what I mean. Like, yeah, you have out. We, Oakle- yeah, we have you're... guys that wear that wear bumblebee overhalls. Who are like the number one. <laughs> Every... No offense to Iowa fans, who I love, but like they even at least they could be like, oh well, this guy Kirk Ferentz, like he needs to get a better fucking quarterback. Dude, we're yeah. trying to win the Big Ten. Dude, West. Like, like eight of the fan bases in the Big Ten, their entire thing is that they wear overalls. That's like the <laughs> it's like the exclusive <laughs> thing that they do. Which, by the way, I want to point out, I started seeing that crop up a little bit the last couple of years on Ohio State's campus. Like, uh-huh. like, people in college there are starting to wear overalls to the games. Yeah. Don't do that. That is not us. Yeah. Let's... We are not the team that wears overalls, dude. Yeah, it's uh, it, it reminds me of like 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 uh, Iowa and Nebraska having a yokel off reminds me of in uh, I, I went to a very preppy high school and when they. Uh, when the football team would play against a, a football team from another preppy school in the student section. Did you would... have, did you have your prom Queens compare eating disorders to see who would get the kickoff? Presumably. Um, but uh, <laughs> the student section, the, 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 my high school student section would dress up preppy to make fun of the other school. And it's like, this is just what you wear. What are you, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Like, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> and uh, that's uh yeah, that, that's that's what we have in the in the Big Ten West. It's just Dude, what, what, the seven you, when of you the same high guys. School? What year did you graduate high school? Twenty eighteen. Oh, dude, that's like you were probably starting high school at the peak of like the total frat move era as well. Yeah. Uh, people were wearing like pastel colored vineyard vines. To your yeah, high school. that's really funny. Yeah, we had uh, we had a lot of a lot of vineyard vines because this is uh, this is prime the limited territory too, and and right by a it was yeah. it was a mall city basically, and so we had a ton of that. Um, a lot yeah, of, they were wearing the girls were wearing those uh, like the knee length North Face puffer ja- puffer jackets. You know, what I'm talking about yes. the bubble coats. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, um, yeah, a lot of like like uh, meninist phone cases, things of that nature. Um, oh yeah, it was a it was a it was a powerful group. Yeah, and then uh, to get back to this this really wonderful story, of course, there is the 2031 entry. It's uh, November 1st, 2031. Uh, a nation mourns as our, our our beloved head coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Scott Frost has been murdered by Gorgon the Intruder, who we have uh, <laughs> recently accepted as our nation's president, an extraterrestrial who has uh, claimed uh, umbrage over the nation and uh, has has kinda taken with, issue with, with Scott Stranger Frost. Things, jackass. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it's gone bad here in uh, in Lincoln, unfortunately. But Scott did have a great run until he was summarily executed by laser gun. Um, and we do love him all the same for that, and we are excited to honor his uh, his memory today. Um, 
Ryan, that was really, really bad. I, that made me very sad to hear yeah. that. <laughs> who, is the, who is the most Lovecraftian coach in college football? Oh, man. There are some real horror shows out there. Um, I, I think that there is a, there's a certain darkness to Justin Wilcox. I think that Justin Wilcox has to be, has to mm. be up there. He's a, it seems like he's got a very sad state of affairs going on. I, I, I don't... Uh, I don't fully grasp what Justin's or um, yeah, what Justin Wilcox has has going, and you have to think about some of the places that that man has lived. I mean, it's uh, it's a tough it's a tough road that he has taken, and I, I think that there do ha- there there does have to be some sort of uh, you know vestigial horror that that just sort of uh, permeates his life. Yeah, yeah, I think that's safe to say. Yeah, um, we can we can go forward with that assumption. Um, why have they ever made a movie out of that? Why have they never had like a Lovecraft movie? Are there any out there? Any Lovecraft movies? I mean, probably, yeah. right? I would assume that there I, have to be I, some, some, you know. You think there would? Oh, I guess there are some. Um, <laughs> I think there made, are. I think there are some. I, <laughs> they, made, they made a they made a Call of Cthulhu movie in two thousand five. Okay. Um, let's see what we've got here. Hang on, I'm gonna look this up. Yeah. Um. Uh, hmm. the, it was an independent short film. I don't think there's ever been like a real. Oh, it's time that we're we're gonna be the change that we need to see in the world. We're gonna we're gonna make the first ever combination Lovecraft college football movie. And it's oh, sorry, be... it's a it's a 2005 independent silent film. Damn, you okay. guys crushed that one. Damn, that's nuts. Um, yeah, we're actually gonna be the first ever college football outlet that that sort of crosses over and does a college football story, but it's actually a different genre and it's like the most annoying thing that you've ever read, and they promote it constantly. Um, that. That's uh, that's what we're planning to do. We're gonna we're gonna look into that. Um, yeah. But uh, before we do that, you can find our current stuff before we write the world's most annoying novel. Um, you can find our current stuff at meetatmidfield.com, which you can get for twelve ninety nine a month, which gets you all of the shit, including our premium episodes once weekly. That's the, the that's where we keep the good shit, guys. That's where we hide the the best riffs, the best content, mm. um, our real opinions about various things. Uh, you fill in the blank, buddy. Um, you get the message board. You get the premium posts. You get all the stuff. You get the slop that we love. And uh, I mean, how could you not want the slop that we love, folks? You need the slop. You gotta have it. I, I saw that video this week about how if you like it, you should eat it, no matter what it is, and no matter if it's Oreos four times a week, every every meal. Um, you should eat it. And it, folks, if you like our slop, you should buy it. Uh, that's, Patrick, that's that's a little that's a little question for the for the fans here. Just a little insight into your life. What's uh, your favorite sweet treat when when you're trying to beat oh, the heat? Man. What's your favorite sweet treat? Oh man. Um. Hmm. I don't know that I have a great answer for that. I don't eat a ton of. You're, I don't need. You're a, rolling up. I don't know that I eat a ton of sweet truck. treats. Um, you're up to the ice cream truck. DJ just gave you two dollars. Yeah, to get what to, are get, you to get some ice cream. Um, I, I like the chocolate and peanut butter combination. If there's like a, a like a moose tracks or something of that nature at, at the ice cream parlor at the at the malt shop, that's that's something that I'm going to look into. Um, you know, one that I could perhaps even share with a sweetie of some sort. I think that that's always, that's always enjoyable. Um, you know, I've got the, I've got the turtleneck draped over my shoulders and I'm, I'm drinking a big malt. Um, we're going to, we're going to go with a malt folks. We're going to go with a chocolate and peanut butter malt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't think that makes sense as a thing to beat the heat with. I think that's one of the worst things a malt? you're just going to feel. It's like ice uh-huh. cream. It's... But a chocolate and peanut butter one day? Like, I love a milkshake. I love a milkshake. Don't worry, yeah. I love a malt. 
That's just going to sit in your stomach, though. You're going to feel, like, powerfully hotter. Well, I'm not, like, I don't really spend a whole lot of time, like, just sitting outside in the summer, personally. <laughs> I don't know about you, but if I was you having you a... You like, going outside? You're just anti-going outside as a concept? If it's, like, really hot, yeah, I'm probably going <laughs> to outside and drive to the malt shop and get a malt and, you know, dance with my sweetie and listen to the jukebox and all that stuff. You know, We're going to the sock hop, dude. Yeah, yeah. Har- harass some, some groups of, of various... <laughs> <laughs> forms and then i'm gonna get back in my my uh my my 50s convertible and i'm gonna drive home and then i'm gonna do the same thing there i'm gonna make a malt at home uh and i'm going to uh you know i'm gonna listen to the jukebox that i have at home and i'm gonna just keep doing it forever i'm gonna i'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna do the charleston um big charleston you're, guy over here you're doing a swell version of groundhog day yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i'm doing yeah i'm, I'm doing the uh I'm doing the guy who voted for uh, for Eisenhower version of, of uh, Groundhog Day. That's my yeah. <laughs> that's my my forever day is is waking up, going to the malt shop, and then going to vote for Eisenhower. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we should talk about these games at some point, right? If you guys can't tell, the slate of games is pretty sick. Yeah, it's so sick that we spent 20 minutes talking about the malt shop. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Nebraska yokels, corn-fed Nebraska bowl-cut yokels. Um, Friday, September sixteenth, the Guantanamo Bay game is the is uh it's it's Florida State at Louisville seven thirty. I'm excited for this on game. ESPN. I'm excited for it in th- I, theory. I think Florida State might just whoop them, which I guess would be good for us. We we you yeah. know we have for some reason staked a claim as being like extremely high on Florida State this year. I mean they'd be three and zero. Um, Maybe for some reason, me, I've done it. Yeah, you've uh, done it. I mean, I, like, I think also that... they, they, they won't play a regular kickoff game. Like, they won't play a noon or three thirty Saturday game yeah. on a normal week for at least the first four weeks of the season. Yeah, they haven't uh, even played. Going... A, they, I don't think they've even played a Saturday game yet, right? They played they... week zero Saturday. Okay, they played a uh, week zero Saturday and then they played Sunday and now they're playing Friday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. What is Florida if State trying to Florida hide? St- and then they're and they're playing a night game the week after that. Oh my god. Uh, so if you ever make them play at a normal kickoff time, they're fucked, dude. But as long yeah. as they keep getting these weird kickoffs, they're in, they're unstoppable. I do like I I really like Florida State as the uh, team that plays at fucked up times because it's really funny to think about that happening like a decade ago. How mad they would be about that? Like it's this, oh, this yeah. is a title contender. What do you mean we have to play on Friday at Louisville? Um, and now it's just like yeah, they should have to play at Friday. They should have to play at Louisville on friday every week it does it just makes sense for florida state to have to do that they need to prove themselves that they shouldn't have to play on friday yeah they Uh, gotta earn their way back to saturday yeah (laughs) that's honestly that's how we should handle the weeknight game problem is that if you are a blue blood who loses a certain amount of games over like a rolling five-year average you have to play most of your games on fucking thursday nights like texas Mm -hmm. is just it's just thursday nights until the you know until the foreseeable future like yeah you'll get you know what you're gonna get lots of uh Lots of national attention when you're playing on uh, on a weeknight every single week of the year. Like it's it's Maction and then also Texas at Kansas or something. Like it's just Texas yeah. is just in hell. Um, that's uh, I think that we need to start looking into that. But um, yeah, as for this game itself, like I I don't know. I'm interested in watching Florida State against another P5 team. They were on a bye this last week, and we we've, we've only seen them against the one. Um, but I don't really know that Louisville is going to present a ton of a you know, obstacle here. I don't think Louisville's run defense is very good, and that's probably going to be an issue against this team. Yeah, uh, I I think Louisville uh, sucks, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like I, I think Louisville's pretty bad. Uh, I mean, I think UCF is bad, and they beat UCF on the road, but they played pretty poorly doing it. Like, yeah. Louisville's defensive backs, especially, are terrible. Yeah, um, yeah. The defense has been receiver- very disappointing. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, if Florida State has that receiver. It's on Ontarian. Um, what the hell's his last name? Uh, is it Wilson? Um, Something like that. Uh, yeah, Ontario Wilson. Ontario Wilson, uh, I think, is their best receiver, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it's going to just kill Louisville. Like, I, I think, I think yeah. him and Jordan Travis are going to are going to murder these guys. The line at two and a half to me is like one of the tastiest lines of the week. Yeah, um, it is. It is perhaps the the B one G Ryan ACC Ryan lock of the week. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the stone cold ice pick picked lock lock of the week or something like that whatever it was that we yeah. were saying last year yeah um, hey we forgot about the bonfire of the enemy should we bring that back like the next review yeah we'll do that we were I, this was a this last week we kind of did it anyway we just didn't specifically call it the bonfire i, I think i tweeted yeah. about it but uh yeah the bonfire of the enemies it, it lives on in our in our hearts and probably will actually yeah return you guys that actually is in the super premium tier if you if you dm us <clears throat> yeah um we can give you my personal venmo uh-huh. Uh, which can get you access to uh, our, our DMs that, that showcase the bonfire of the enemies. Yeah, yeah. Our, our, no our, girls our, allowed. No girls allowed. Though. Yeah, our so. secret DMs that consist largely of us making fun of Pete Thamel and then also sharing, <laughs> you know, sharing Zoom links for the. <laughs> for the yeah, yeah. It's our. It's it's. We're just like basically me and Patrick's DMs when we're not in a group chat. It's just like us sending some like other writers like tweet to each other like what a fucking idiot yeah what, a, just doing what that. a loser yeah <laughs> you know, we, we do that probably three times a day <laughs> it's a classic probably thing to do moron said yeah yeah, yeah. it's it, one um, of us sends the most annoying tweet of all time and the other one gives the thumbs up emoji like that's uh, yeah. that's that's and by the way this is what stuff. every sports writer does all even the yeah. ones who are like fake nice they're all just constantly sending some other guys tweets around to being like oh this sucks yeah even the one who even the ones who got conned into painting a fence for tom sawyer and you know they, they had to like, <laughs> i spent all day doing this i needed to be filing a column on scott frost and it's like uh even those guys are very bitchy in the dms you have to just you know it's it's, it's it comes with the territory um all right so friday night 8 p.m yeah, mo- sports network. yeah most wanted Airports game at Wyoming. Yeah. um man I, I have a stat here that i came across today while i was working on the watch list um and i don't know if you're familiar with this but it is it's very very funny and i'm going to get your reaction live on the air air force is averaging 500 Hundred and eight point five rushing yards per game this season. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck! They how's re- Wyoming's? How's Wyoming's rushing defense? Doing? It's it's not like terrible, but also I don't think they've played a single team who can run the ball. Like they 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 got the well they have actually. Um, they played Illinois and it didn't go well at all. It didn't go even like a yeah. little bit well. Like didn't Chase Brown almost run for three hundred yards in that game? In that game, Illinois ran for uh, 6.3 yards per carry. They right. had 258 yards. Jesus uh, they Christ. posted, yeah, almost 500 yards total. But they, I mean, they won just in a slow burn, 38-6. Yeah, Air, Air Force, Air Force just put 435 rushing yards on Colorado, and I, I cannot imagine that Wyoming is any better than Colorado is at defending the run. So I, I don't expect that this is going to be anything different for for air force but i guess if you want to see air force just run the shit out of the football and win like 24 to nothing when there's five possession total in the game um that uh this is here for you as well it's a you know you flip back and forth i guess when florida state's at commercial or at halftime or something but um i'm not sure that there's a ton of heat on on this one uh as a as a mountain west contest i don't i don't think wyoming's going to be super competitive here um Saturday, noon, no Guantanamo Bay game. I don't think any of these are really deserving of it. I think Purdue-Syracuse is going to be really fun, but I, 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 we'll, we'll get into it and you'll understand why. Most wanted, Georgia at South Carolina, ESPN. 
Um, do you know the the schoolyard uh, practical joke that you that that uh, kids love to play, where one kid walks up to another kid, and then a third kid goes and runs and, and gets on his hands and knees behind the kid, um, and I'm then the kid who's hopping. yeah the kid who's walking up just shoves him over. Um, that's Georgia's plan for Spencer Rattler here, and I I don't think that South Carolina has table topping protection. I don't think that they have a, a response to table topping. I think it's going to be just a an evening of Spencer or I guess an afternoon of Spencer Rattler being being knocked down repeatedly interesting yeah i mean it, it seems obvious that uh, they're a pretty bad football team right like i know yeah. i know we initially kind of thought they're going to be better than this i don't know after mm. watching them play arkansas I, I was just not i was pretty nonplussed yeah like, I, they just don't do anything that's like all that impressive you know they have some guys who are interesting especially they always have like this six foot two 240 pound wide receiver who's really good um, and they have some interesting hybrid players in general offensively, but I just, what do they do that is in any way special or interesting? This is the, the thing that we talk about all the time with, uh, we just talked about this with Stanford is like, if you're South Carolina, what's the, what's the end game here? What exactly are you going to do that is going to differentiate you from the other teams in your league? Are you going to out-recruit them? Are you going to go out-recruit Georgia? Is that the plan? Right. You're going to out-recruit Florida and LSU and Alabama? And, and like, it seems like they're one of the 30 schools trying to be transfer you, right? Right, yeah. Like, Speaking like, of... Oh, go ahead. No, it's just like like that's that is that your that's your best case scenario in the SEC where several other teams are already doing that and they're doing it better than you are. Like, better I, I, what's you, the yeah. right? Like, yeah. your plan is to be shitty Ole Miss. Great. <laughs> yeah, really, <laughs> it's Ole Miss without anything that really differentiates it um, from uh, you know, like like it's it's Ole Miss but without any sort of reputation for developing quarterbacks or putting them in the NFL or really putting much of anything in the NFL and also nobody knows who you are and uh, all of your press conferences are just you doing the floss dance for 45 minutes and then like yeah. the shittiest suit anyone has ever worn like it's uh, what's the goal here what is the end game is it just that like wow Shane Beamer sure does look like an SEC head coach we'll see how far that t- it's like the fucking Matt Luke era at, at Ole Miss it's just, it was, yeah he looks like an SEC coach cool can he do anything does he have any tricks or does he just stand there did you see that um, uh, that clip by the way of, of Mark Stoops the shit talking Shane Beamer in the preseason yes <laughs> yes, he's right I mean they, there's there's a guy who comes around and does this every couple of years in the SEC and it never works it's, it's always you know Butch Jones did it at, at Tennessee Butch Jones um, like it, 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 they love to do this shit guys love to come through this league and just pretend that they're going to do something and then never actually do it like it, it's uh, it's the easiest gig in the world is to convince SEC fans that you're going to win games because you wear Jordans like it, these people are fucking rubes they don't they don't know any better yeah. they have no idea the they South just Carolina... want to give the dumb little they want to give like the Marty Smiths of the world something to write about right yeah. Yeah, like it's, they, they uh, want those guys to have a, a cool little segment where they wear their Jordans next to each other and take a picture together. And yeah, it's like that's the whole thing, and it's like, oh, that's going on game day. Like that's cool. Like, yeah, they need they what they need is basically South Carolina is building a whole program on the idea of like, well, someone has to get content on game day, yeah. right? Someone has to be on ESPN's college game day. Yeah, like, yeah, we, absolutely. We should be the team that has stories on there. Yeah, that's their whole hiring principle. Yeah, South Carolina's like uh, program identity, uh, like ideology right now, the guiding force behind what they're doing is like one of those twenty third pictures where it's a guy wearing a snapback and it said what if instead of money we used swag to buy things like that's what yeah. south carolina is doing right now have you and i talked on the i think we have yeah we did the, 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 yes yeah we talked about the <laughs> that's what shame can we do that every podcast <laughs> <laughs> Dude, 
<laughs> Dude, Swagapino Shane Beamer is a really good character. <laughs> I really like that. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> uh he he still posts he posts like R.I.P. Mac Miller, but like once every three months on his, yeah. on his Instagram story. Yeah, he's he's uh, yeah, he's he's posting like whatever uh whatever Jack Harlow song he's listening to every morning, and it's always yeah. a Jack Harlow song. <laughs> do you listen to any other artists or is it just Jack Harlow? Do you remember do you remember those guys at, like they used to have like the wooden bead necklaces that had like like a wooden yes. like uh, a pendant <laughs> on the end yes he's wearing those all the time uh and he also has a matchy one that he wraps around his wrist which is very small he's a very little man mm-hmm. he wraps it around yeah. like six times yeah uh that's cool <laughs> shane beamer is showing up to the gym with like uh a tank top that is so severely cut down the sides that he basically is not wearing a shirt at all it's it's like a vest but it's it's you know he's <laughs> he's wearing like a fucking poncho at the gym and then he's also got like uh just just like raw denim he's got the rawest denim that you're ever going to see at the gym and he's doing nothing Sh- he's he's doing swagapino like- swagapino shane beamer is like a character who is in that hbo show uh, how to make it in america that had kids Cuddy. Okay. He was like a side character that was at one of the loft parties and how to make it in America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like the Swagapino Shane Beamer is like the uh the uh, the the coolest guy that people who really like secession can think of. Like that's that's really that's sort <laughs> Come of Come on. Uh, <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. Hang on, hang on. Uh, <laughs> you get the wrong demographic. You get the wrong demographic. He's uh, like the coolest <laughs> tech guy in the world. That's their favorite kind of guy. They love that. I'm thinking of yeah, a specific... Swag- Swagapino the- Shane Beamer is a guy for guys who are still quoting stepbrothers to each other when they hang out uh-huh. in like 2022. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's cool. That's it's, about it's, half of our listeners. Yeah, it's it's cool. He's got a Cookie Monster snapback hat that he wears yeah. everywhere he goes. Um, <laughs> Do you have any girls in your school of Cookie Monster snapback girl, like Cookie, Mo- yes. like Cookie Monster pajama pants girls? You know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes, yeah. A that, very specific kind of woman. It's an extremely yeah, it's an extremely specific group, and that is now every woman who is like has like more than twenty thousand followers on Twitter. That's all of them. They were no, all there. Yes. no. You're the wrong kind of girl. It's the kind of girl who like. Was smoking Newports in so- in sophomore year of high school. We we had a different version of that girl then. You you had a much okay. you had a much more about it version of that girl than we did. <laughs> um, we ours was ours was more of a like a uh, straight out of Hot Topic or Spencer's Gifts kind of deal. Every girl at my high school who wore the Cookie Monster pajama pants uh, would like date a drug dealer, but it was like the worst <laughs> drug dealer of all time. Like he would just sell like he would sell like uh, only like grams of weed, and he would uh-huh. wrap it in like notebook paper from his like school notebook. <laughs> Because <laughs> he didn't have any plastic bags. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Can't figure out where that's... they are at the store. Yeah. I was looking for the little baggies, but I couldn't find them, man. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what... that's the kind of guy. That's the kind of people of the couple. Of, that's like a high school power couple, dude. They yeah. were like essential to, to the high school success. He yeah. loved dirt bikes as a concept, but never had one. He was awesome. in a dirt bike culture. Yeah. He wore like fox boxes. Yes. All the time, you know? Okay, we did have that kind of guy. We did not have the, okay. the girl version of that necessarily. I think that like we, we might have had a couple, but they dropped out uh, like sophomore year. They just weren't there sure. anymore. Well, they'll um, do that. They'll do that. They love to do that. But yeah, we we definitely had a couple of those guys, which is really yeah. funny in New Albany because yeah. it's like it's a kind of guy that was it used to be the entire town because it was a farming town, and so that used that's just what it was. But now these guys are like a fish out of water, where it's like you're doing that, but you live in a fucking suburb. Like you you, you yeah. Like, well, I love ATVs, and it's like brother, you 
you live in like there are 400 houses within 100 feet of where you live like you you don't you have never seen an atv you have never breathed clean air my man it's uh it's a it's a cool kind of guy to you be. were born you were born in like the one of like the chinese industrial factories they have suicide yeah <laughs> Yeah, like that's uh, it's it's a cool guy. Clarify it's that a... is not that is not an anti-China comment. You guys know I support. Uh, mm-hmm. You guys know I support Chairman G. Just gonna yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, also at noon in the most wanted section, <laughs> Purdue at Syracuse, ESPN two. This kicks out. One of the games of the week. Yeah, this One is great. Like it's it's uh, like I said, not gonna get the the top billing here because like. I don't really know how important it is necessarily. I mean, it's important to me because I think it's going to be fun. And also I need something to watch at noon. And this is the only watchable game here. Um, this is fun. This is a fun styles clash. This is uh, a, yeah. I, I, I would say that this is like, I have higher hopes for this than I did of the version that we had of it last week, which was Virginia, Illinois. I think this is a better version of that. This is like, right. well, this is the opposite, right? Well, Virginia, Illinois are two teams and conferences that all do one thing on offense and yeah. they're trying to do that exact thing. be better at it, which is not working. Yeah. Uh, it's working a little better for Illinois than it is Virginia this year. Obviously Virginia worked a little better last year. You know, you get the idea. Yeah. Syracuse and Purdue are two programs looking at the entire conference doing the same thing and just zagging. They're yeah. the Zach guy. They're, yeah. they're, Ryan Rosillo's favorite teams. Yeah, they're also uh, they're much much better at it than the than Illinois and Virginia are at least to to this point. We obviously Would you say have, Syracuse is much better than Illinois? I don't know. I'd say they're better. They're better at it. They're not like they've been doing it for longer. I guess the difference, I, shockingly, is that Garrett Schrader's good. Yeah, it's really strange that Garrett Schrader is good, and it seems like they kind of have a couple receivers who might be good. And of course, there's Sean Tucker, who we love, and like I don't know. I think the Syracuse team might just be good if they win this game yeah i think we just had him wrong dude yeah if they win this game it feels like sort of indication for for that because i mean the offense looks pretty good they have a quarterback in garrett schrader who we did not think could throw the ball who is throwing the ball he's still not like good at it but he's throwing the ball no dude it's not not the box score watch do you know what his stats are right now as a passer they're good they're 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 good it's kind of the same thing you know how good they are how good are they he is completing over 79% of his passes at 11 yards an attempt. Damn. It's it watching him play watching through these games it he kind of has the Mike Wright thing going on where it's like they're yes. getting there, but they're it's gonna take a minute. It's it's like the guy needs to really be open, and they have been. The guys have been really, really open. I think they have, yeah. like I said, I think they have some good receivers out there, and obviously Sean Tucker makes things easier on everybody else on the offense because he is as good as he is. I mean. You think about what Sean Tucker did last year behind a really bad offensive line with no passing attack, and now that he has a, a seemingly improved offensive line and a passing attack, um, he is he is the kind of guy upon whom you can build an entire offense, and now they don't need to as much. And so they, they have become very, very dangerous offensively, and that defense we talked about coming into the season, they're doing the three three five, they're doing the San Diego State stuff. It's good. It's good. It's especially good in a game like this. I think it's going to be important uh, for, you know, trying to defend Purdue is to have that lighter box because Purdue's not going to do shit in the the box. They have no interest in running into the box. Um, I'm interested here. I I think, honestly, I think my pick is probably Syracuse. I think Syracuse is going to win, but uh, I'm interested. I think it's going to be really fun to watch. Really unique matchup that I'm excited about. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, It should be cool. And and a quick shout-out to uh, Syracuse wide receiver Courtney Jackson, who is, of course, a gateway Gator legend. Let's go. Uh, 
me and him alike. You know, we're we're two guys who are who are big big in the community. Yeah, two very um, similar guys in the community. We could honestly probably get him on the podcast if you wanted to. Hell yeah! <laughs> if Syracuse <laughs> keeps winning, we're gonna look into that. Um, yeah, if they, if we'll they, see they, what we'll yeah. see what the record is in a couple weeks. If they stop winning, we will be issuing a fatwa against everybody on the program. Um, no fly <laughs> list. Oklahoma at Nebraska on Fox only in here because it would be really funny if Nebraska won. Like a, if they if they dead cat bounce really their way funny. to one to, of the best dead cat bounces. Yeah, time. if they dead yeah. cat bounce their way to beating Oklahoma and then they were forced to hire Mickey Joseph as their head coach instead of who they actually want to hire <laughs> like that would be yeah. that would be extremely good and like I like Mickey Joseph but you know they don't want to hire him you know they don't want to promote Mickey Joseph and if he went and won this game and then finished like eight and four or something they would have to fucking hire him and they would hate it they would be so mad about that it would be it would be really really funny um I I, I don't think even if he did that they would hire him I think they're like I don't know. Would they? I mean, shit. Man, that's they're not going to. Who that's cares, a really but... hard place to be. Like that. That as a as an athletic director, that's a really hard place to be, especially with the added yeah. context of like Nebraska winning the coach racism awards this week. Like you know the the the, <laughs> uh, the stat about how they've never had a black coach in any sport. Um, yeah, <clears throat> that's a that's and not you an fire easy place the guy to goes, hey, No, that would be pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, that would not be ideal. I don't know. I don't know how you swing that PR. I mean, this is all a moot point. They're not going to do it, no, right? Like, but it would be really funny. The, the cure for what ails Oklahoma's pretty shitty offense is playing Nebraska's defense. Yeah, yeah. It's um, really just good advice for any struggling offense is that you should play Nebraska's defense. It worked for Georgia Southern, and now a whole bunch of rubes are buying in on that as well. Guys, come on. Let's be smarter than this. Nebraska's defense is not not the uh, the measuring stick that you think it is about fucking Georgia Southern's offense, just like it won't be for Oklahoma. Anyway, Western Tucker plays at Indiana. Indiana probably is going to win this game, but I'm going to keep an eye on the score. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to keep a watch on this one, and then I'm also going to uh, just keep in the back of my my mind the ideal the idea of Tyson Helton in uh, coaching a game in Bloomington. I'm just going to keep that in mind. It's just something mm. to keep on your uh, keep on your brain, perhaps, especially if he wins this one. Might be something to think about down the road. Um, it might be something to consider. Afternoon, um, Guantanamo Bay. BYU at Oregon, 3.30 on Fox. Um, first on the game, uh, I think BYU is going to kick the shit out of them. I, I think that this is really going to be sort of a uh, – if if last week's beating Baylor was not a statement, a statement for BYU. And two, um, the schedule for BYU, which we talked about coming into the season, they mm-hmm. win this one – suddenly looking a whole lot like 12 and 0 is not out of the realm of possibility because I got to be honest I didn't see it coming cuz they so here let me, that Arkansas game is still real tricky and also yeah. a great mid-season banger October 15th BYU sorry Arkansas at BYU yeah yeah so we we've got here you mentioned the Arkansas game but if they beat Oregon this week on the road on the road tough place to play but then they have Wyoming at home Utah State at home. Utah State's not playing well right now. Notre Dame at home. That game is nowhere near what it Notre once Dame's was. On the road. Oh, Notre Dame is in Vegas, right? Oh, it's in Vegas. Yeah. Right. yeah so at home, because um, Notre Dame fans are terrified of going to Vegas. They will not do that. Um, what are you talking about? That is, you're they, out of your mind. That's no. going to be a, a Notre Dame like sixty forty split at worst. Man, that is going to be just truly one of the like. Uh, 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 an extremely baffling weekend for the casino industry. Like, there are so many people here. Why aren't we making any money? <laughs> what is going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, these people don't buy drinks. What's wrong with them? Uh, it's going to be huge for the um, 
uh, for the indulgences industry, huh? What's yeah. a, the, sure. You know no, I mean? Yeah, the big indulgence. Yeah, the, uh, they're bringing it back. The big, big, uh, big <laughs> indulgence. <laughs> they're gonna go. They're gonna gamble. They're gonna go to the strip club, and they're gonna have to pay for indulgences for their sins. There's a big. Dude, there's, the, a, there's a actually. There's a Catholic church in in Las Vegas where you can do a drive-through indulgence purchase. There's, you joke, but like <laughs> I don't know if you've ever stayed in a hotel in Vegas. But one of the things that they lay out is like they they've got the different you know local attractions and attractions and shit like that. And they've got you know restaurants, they've got bars, they've got casinos, they got all that stuff. And then they have churches listed <laughs> like down at the bottom. Yeah. They've got all the churches listed. So it's a it's a it's a budding industry out there. So then Arkansas at home the week after at Liberty. ECU at home at Boise State, Dixie State at home, which I don't believe is Dixie State anymore. I think it's Utah Tech now, which very funny that it was ever Dixie State, given that it's in southern Utah. Um, yeah, and then, pretty good. And then at Stanford to end the season. Like, I, I think they should be favored in all of those games if they win this one. Even, I mean, they get Arkansas at home. It's, uh, I, I feel like there's a very real chance if BYU does what it should do this week that we could be talking about an undefeated BYU at the end of the season. I think that this is one of the hardest obstacles left on the schedule for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. I think they win. Like, I, I, yeah. I would say I think they're going to they're gonna win this one. I, I do think they have – it's a perilous schedule still going forward. Like, I, I think sure. they're going to be favored in almost every game except Arkansas, but there are still like four or five of the schedule they could lose on the wrong night. Yeah, yeah, of course. And it's, you know – this is not the kind of team that is just going to be automatically racking up wins, even against inferior opponents. Their talent level is not to that point. But I, uh, I especially in this game, you know, I, I pulled these these stats today. Do you know what has happened to Oregon in its last five games against Power Five opponents? Mm-mm. So average score, they're they're one in four. Um, they lost to Georgia, they lost to Oklahoma, they lost to Utah twice, and they beat Oklahoma or Oregon State by nine. Average score of those games is 40.2 to 18 um, in favor of the opponent. Uh, they've gotten outgained on average by more than 100 yards. They have gotten just, just throttled, absolutely throttled by, by these teams, all of which are more physical than they are. And like BYU is the same exact team. BYU is the same exact team. It's it's a lesser version of Georgia, but they're doing the same shit physically that Utah does or that, you know, Oklahoma yeah. does with the running game. And, like, it's uh, – Oregon doesn't have the athletes to make this work for some reason. They don't have the athletes to make this work. They cannot get you out of their face. You can just play them straight up, and they have no answer for it. They, there's not – they don't have the speed to do it. There, and also, especially like with the way BYU's pass rush has been played, I don't think Oregon is really going to have like Bo Nix is going to have nothing going on. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, this I really don't like where this Oregon program is right now. Just not. Neither do I. Nothing I mean, it comes back to some I'm, of the decisions yeah. we talked about, right? Like, like if you're Dan Lanning, like this is your year to play your young guys, and he's not doing that. Yeah, and and like leaning into trying to better establish the passing game, and like going out and getting, I, I just it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense a lot of what the stuff that they have going here. The fact that the defense still looks absurdly soft is troubling. Um, they're just, I don't know. It's it seems like they're in a really bad place right now. It seems like they're player development is outright bad. It doesn't even seem like it is. Their player development is really bad. Their player development has not been good for a long time, but it's especially bad right now. Um, it, it's, it seems like some of the infrastructure things there are not what they need to be um, in, in, a, in a way that goes beyond landing, and it was a, you know as much a crystal ball problem as it was anything, but like it's still a problem for them to deal with now, and he's not done it. Yeah, 
for sure. For sure. Uh, most um, wanted. Speaking of programs with infrastructure problems. Oh, sorry. Do you have anything else on BYU Oregon? Oh, I was going to say, uh, this is probably the game of the week, too, right? Like, yeah. I would say this is probably the most compelling game of this weekend slate. There's a couple other candidates, yeah. I guess, but this is probably what I would pick. Yeah, a, a combination of potential entertainment and importance. I would I would certainly have it right up there. Yeah. Um, most wanted. Penn State at Auburn, 3.30 on CBS. Um, I don't think you should watch this game. I'm going to be honest. I don't think you should watch this game. I don't think it's going to be entertaining. I think Penn State's just going to sit on them. Like, it, this, is, this is like a 20-6. to 6. I, I don't know, really, unless you want to see Brian Harson get fired, I guess, which is funny. It is funny to watch that happen. Yeah. But, like, but, I, but doesn't this, isn't this line making you nervous? I don't know what the line is. It's Penn State's only favored by three and a half. Yeah, I mean, Penn State stinks. Like, it's not, I don't know that that's really news to me. I know that both of these teams stink. I think just Penn State stinks less than Auburn does. It seems like Auburn has things that are, like, actively decaying on the field, whereas Penn State's just regular kinds of Big Ten bad. Um, I, yeah. I, I, uh, yeah, I, I don't really understand the line, but also the line was all fucked up on USC Stanford last week, too, and it didn't end up, nothing actually came of it. So I, I'm not. I'm not going to take that as uh, as gospel in the way that that sometimes it it is it is taken. Okay. I I, th- I think that Auburn's name brand is maybe helping it out here, but yeah, I, I just I don't think this is going to be especially entertaining. I certainly I mean just think about the quarterbacks in this matchup are not compelling to to consider. Um, unless Drew Aller enters the game, I don't think I'm going to be paying a whole lot of mind to this. Now, Kansas at Houston on ESPNU at 4 p.m. That's a banger. That's a banger right there, and that's what that's the um, that's the meet at midfield playback stream of the week. If you want to jump in and, and watch it live with me and Taylor and DJ, oh, yeah. that's the that's the stream of the week, folks. It's Kansas, it's Houston. I really really like just the energy at Kansas right now. I don't think that they're like good, full on yet, but I just like the energy there. I like the plays that they run. Houston looking for a bounce back game. Um, I think this is just gonna be fun. I think this is just gonna be really fun football. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of games in this in this general window that I think have some potential, uh, uh, and it's certainly like pretty high among them. What Kansas is doing, and the way especially that Jalen Daniels has developed at quarterback, yeah, is really cool to watch, dude. Like, I mean, and part of this, I think, part of our excitement level here comes from the disappointment we've we've basically had as a result of like Houston not doing what they should be doing, right? Yeah. Yeah. But but. Houston's loss is Kansas's gains. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we care much more about Kansas than we do about Houston, I would say. Yeah, uh, I, I don't really have the 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 connection to uh to Houston. It doesn't really have the like Kansas has been so pathetic for so long and to see them succeeding, especially I mean, to see them succeeding at all would be cool, but to see them succeeding with Lance Leipold, who we have I mean, spent years pounding the table for, going back well before this podcast even, um, is, uh, it's awesome. It's awesome. It's, it's just, uh, you know, I think he's a really, really damn good football coach, and I'm, I'm, it, it feels good to see it sort of uh, playing out actually on the field and to see those guys having some, some real success for the first time in, I mean, what, fucking 15 years? Yeah, I mean, it's since the Mangino era yeah. <laughs> was like the last time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, Kansas is just playing at a really high level right now. I, I, I it's a road game, which is really tough for them. But, uh, and I, I mean, man, they have a really, a really good chance to win this game. Like, yeah. like I think it's being a little underrated. Um, it's gonna be one of the more compelling games of the week. I'm keeping my eye on it. Um, a lot of games this window to keep an eye on. Do I know? I know we have a few more listed below. We're gonna talk about here in a second. But just in general. Um, I am all over this one. This is probably the best window of the day. Yeah, I'm not there's, sure that there's, there's like a. Games. Sorry, go yeah. ahead. 
No, you're good. There's just enough games here that have some chance to get interesting that I, I, I like want to keep an eye on. Yeah, I'm not sure that there's like the definitive main screen game, like the one that you have to be glued to, because I don't think BYU Oregon is going to be close for very long. But there's a lot of uh, you know, switch back and forth games. Like there's like five or six games here that I think you can spend serious time watching and be entertained and get something out of it, um, which is good. I like those windows. I think those windows are nice because it gives you something to do during the commercials. Um, no fly list. We've got a pair of uh, Sunbelt-involved uh, matchups here. First up, South Alabama at UCLA, 2 p.m. on the Pac-12 network. So you're not going to be able to watch this one, but I think South <laughs> Alabama's probably good. It seems like South Alabama's good. They were kind of good last year. Um, and they just really took it to Central Michigan. Um, I think UCLA is going to win, obviously. We're, we're pretty high on UCLA here, but I do think that this could be interesting if you somehow have the Pac-12 network and are capable of watching this one. Um, and then the college game day pick for this week, which is on fucking ESPN+. Plus. Game day pick on ESPN+, Plus. Troy at App State, 330. Um, couldn't make room for this one on actual television, huh, guys? There's no no space to put this one on a TV channel. You had to do Michigan UConn on ABC. That's that's uh, couldn't couldn't swing it. Couldn't find any room for the. I think it's <laughs> a deliberate choice, right? I think putting yeah, Game Day sure. there, then putting this on ESPN Plus, is trying to convert people to pay for ESPN Plus, which is not yeah. going to work. No, it's it's uh, you you are not going to ESPN. I think has lost control of its own consent manufacturing machine where they can convince people to care about football teams i think that they have gone way too hard on the playoff teams and to the to the point where like trying to bring attention to this kind of game to get people in the doors just nobody's going to pay attention nobody is nobody is listening nobody is actually watching it has already the espn narratives that have been set in place are well established at this point and they cannot do anything to change them in the short term and so it's just uh yeah they're fucked they're they're, they're gonna put this game on espn plus and troy fans and app state fans and maybe me you're gonna watch it and that's about it yeah i, I mean i can't say i'll be watching much of this game uh personally speaking it's, like, it's i think, I think it's, app state's just gonna roll it's so far out of the way to try and get those fucking games going right because like yeah, there's a lot of low-hanging fruit to watch yeah and it's it, yeah they're they they mix everything in together and it's hard to find the games but you have to get the laptop out and you have to get it set up on the laptop and there's no way to switch between games while you're on there because there's no other games you want to watch on the on the on the app and it's just uh it sucks it sucks it's deeply deeply inconvenient in a way that is is uh, actively harmful to the teams who have to play in these fucking games. But yeah, I think App State's going to Yeah. Um, really quick, I want to run through some of the other other games in this window before we get into I know we have something else coming up exciting here in a second, but there's yeah. some other games I want to mention before we get into that. Yeah. Um, Old Dominion plays at Virginia. Uh, Cal plays at Notre Dame. Tulane plays at Kansas State. Uh, we have Vanderbilt, Northern Illinois, kind of a spicy game there. Yeah. Um, there is uh, Georgia Southern at UAB. could be a little bit interesting. And uh, Liberty at Wake Forest is also in this window, yeah. which I'm kind of in- intrigued to watch. Um, just kind of uh, several good games in this window before we get into the uh, the more evening slate games. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm like, I think there's enough names there, enough kind of compelling stuff that something should pop, right? Yeah. And give us uh, give us a good ball game. Yeah, that's definitely what this this slate is. That there are there are several games that you should keep an eye on. I think the the two big ones being Kansas, Houston, and BYU, Oregon, um, that you should watch primarily. And this is definitely a watching the Twitter stream, you know, of of uh, of consciousness, watching the score app, and and checking to see like 
Does maybe the we Wake love f- doing that? Yeah. Does the Wake Forest game get weird? Does the Vanderbilt game get weird? Like that that kind of thing. We kind of had that last week with the Marshall and uh, and App State upsets, where people were not watching those games until the third and fourth quarter, and then they see what's happening and they flip over. Like that's the that's what this slate is. Is you know yes. Um, hey, maybe there's a you know Tulane is in is playing with Kansas State into the fourth quarter or something like that. I I, I think yeah, if it, looking that's, for a weird score, it's this one. Yeah, UCLA South Alabama. I think could absolutely be that kind of thing, and of course. Again, nobody can watch the game, but uh, there are ways to watch that sort of thing. There's, there's, we won't detail those on the podcast, but there are ways to watch that sort of thing. Um, there are also ways to, if you want to consume things related to perhaps Appalachian State, uh, there are ways to do that legally even. You can you can spend legal tender to purchase things related to the Mountaineers, and folks, you can do it at homefieldapparel.com with the code Meet at Midfield for 15% off your first purchase. They released two wow. new Appalachian State shirts this week, both of which are fantastic. And Ryan, I got to tell you, I bought one of them. I went and did it. Oh, I, I bought one of the one? shirts. I bought the gold one. Um, I don't remember what it says or what it looks like, but I bought the gold one. Um, that uh, it was too good. It was too good not to. I also bought the Marshall one because um, I, I I just like that program. I like their colors. Um, yeah. And if you would like to and, join, and also me, I'm sure you have some guilt over your role in the plane crash too. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and also the Randy Moss situation. You know, I have a lot of regret over how that all unfolded. Um, it's uh, yeah. it's a it's a twisted path with me and Marshall, but we're coming together. Um, and uh, we're, we're stronger than ever right now, and we're looking to keep it that way. And, folks, if you want to build your relationship with Marshall football, best way to do it is by going to homefieldapparel.com or by checking out Homefield Apparel on Twitter and uh, looking at the tweets. Folks, we love to look at the tweets. We love to. We love to look at the responses to the tweets. We love to click the little retweet button and click on the links and buy the shirts. And if you want to buy the shirts for the first time, you can do so with the code Meet at Midfield for the... 15% off discount. And if you want to buy shirts for the 40th time, you should still do that. We don't have a code for you, but you should still do it. It's it's uh, maybe leave in like the special comments section that uh, Flipping the Field sent you. You can uh, you can do that. You can still do that. We're not going to stop you. There's, there's nothing no. that we can do to stop you from doing that. No. Uh, Patrick, sorry, I was a little distracted during that segment because I was working on making a picture of Iowa head coach Kirk Ferentz with dreadlocks just came okay. to me during, during okay. the podcast. I was I felt inspired and had to get into it right away. Okay, I like um, that. I'm 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 on so board. I agree. If you want to see that picture, you, you you're the kind of guy who wants to see Kirk Ferentz with Iowa, uh, the Iowa head coach dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, subscribe to the midfield.com message boards to, Dude, to see that. Earlier, I I made some some true bangers, <laughs> including cowboy shootout with a with a fighter jet. Um, and then also Vaporwave uh, Miami Vice Jimbo Fisher, which was really, Ooh. really good. I was really happy about how that one came. Are you saving that up for something? Or you just, yeah, it's, it's going to be – if you're if you're listening to this right now and you're a subscriber to Meet at Midfield, you can go check out the, uh, the written version. I say version. It's different. But the written version of the FBI watch list, uh, which will include – among other graphics, the uh, the aforementioned cowboy shootout and also vaporwave Jimbo Fisher. Um, yeah, and and also there's some some shadow of the Colossus ass shit in there that was just super cool. I like I don't really know. It was not really what I asked for, but it was so cool that I had to include it anyway. Um, that thing kicks ass. <laughs> Damn, it's so it's, good. It's dude. so They're... goddamn cool. <laughs> <laughs> They're really not nailing Rastafari and Kirk Ferentz yet, oh, but I think, I'm, I think I'm getting a little bit you're, closer. You're honing in on it. Um, I do like to imagine Rasta Kirk Ferentz walking around with one of those Rasta bananas that you get at the state fair, right? Like he's, uh, he, yeah. he's that's the model that he's he's uh, 
that he's trying to go for. Um, that's Kirk Ferentz wearing, wearing one of the big Sherpas and walking into his local smoke shop and like asking <laughs> if they have any like. Uh... He's yeah. He's he's uh, he's asking he, for sticky yicky. He, oh, he thinks it's like nineteen seventy one. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's surfing the waves out there, folks, and he's coming in. He's got the he's he's got the salt water all over him. He's glistening. We love it. We love to see glistening Kirk Ferentz. And if you want to see glistening Kirk Ferentz, of course, the only place that you can do that is homefieldapparel.com. So code at, code meet at midfield for 15% off to uh, get some really exclusive and really valuable JPEGs of Kirk Verence. Um Evening, Guantanamo <laughs> Bay, Michigan State at Washington, 7.30 p.m. on ABC. Weird game. Weird, weird game. Not a matchup that you think of a whole lot. These are not two teams that I that I consider together. No, at the not same really, time not really natural. It's uh, it just it feels strange. I think Washington, Michigan makes sense. I think Washington, Penn State makes sense. Washington, Michigan State, very weird to me. I'm I'm interested. I think it might be a compelling football game. We don't really know what anything at all about these teams yet about either of these teams. We've not really seen much of anything from from either of them. I guess Washington had that impressive performance in week one but I don't I, I don't really know anything about these guys and so I'm interested to potentially learn more or potentially no, learn nothing at all I, I think it could be one or the other uh, I guess the question is like are either of these teams any good I know I know Michigan State's ranked pretty high but like what do we think is going to come of this game like I, I don't really view either of these teams as serious football teams I guess like I'm excited to see Michael Penix play on the, yeah. on the big stage that's kind of cool like if Michigan State seems to have a pretty good running game, I guess. Like that's going on for them, but like, yeah, Washington yeah. can't really stop the run, and Michigan State can't really stop the pass. So there's just going to be a lot of points scored, but I wouldn't call it a good football game. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's some value in a lot of points scored. That's that's not the worst thing in the world. This is like the evil cousin of Wisconsin versus Washington State. This is like the yeah. uh, this is the, the dark cool version cousin, of that. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, the evil cool cousin. This is the the mm-hmm. dark version of that game. Um, which I mean, that game was close. It was competitive. If this is competitive and close, but also high scoring, I think that that's a, that's that's fine. That's perfectly fine for the primetime game. I don't. I don't mind that. I think I'd probably prefer it to the game that's in the most wanted section, just because I don't think the game in the most wanted section is going to be especially entertaining. Um, so this is uh, this is fine. I, I like the pomp and circumstance. I think that it's uh, good to see it go to the West Coast back-to-back weeks, which I don't know. I mean, when was the last time that fucking happened? It's been a God. while. It yeah, has been USC a while. Was good. Yeah, yeah. Back when, yeah, back <laughs> when USC is good. And so I, I don't mind that. Um, I, I think that there will probably be a pretty good atmosphere. Um that's fine. Fine by me. Get get some new teams on there. It's not just Alabama and Ohio State and Georgia and uh, in the big the big slots. That's uh, whatever. Not my problem. Um, I will I will keep an eye on it for sure. I will I will probably not watch the entire thing, but I'll I'll watch uh, I'll probably watch more the more of this than I do of any other game in this slate. Um, most wanted Miami at Texas A and M, nine p.m. on ESPN. They wanted to, they wanted this one to be game day so bad. They wanted this one to be the big game so fucking bad. Oh, and they te- needed it. And then Texas A&M goes and shits its pants. Um, did you see? I, I think I sent it to you. The clip of the uh, the App State defensive end uh, stripping uh, Haynes King and then stripping a Texas A&M lineman to get the ball for App State and just I a- did absolutely blowing point. up a right tackle in the process. Just just beat the shit out of them. Um, what a delightful football game. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. And yeah. now now we get to see texas a&m attempt to uh to rebound against miami um my god i don't have beautiful yeah i don't have like a great feel for this because i i again i don't think we know a whole lot about these teams to this point especially miami i mean 
what they had the kind of a close half with Southern Miss and then pulled away. Um, <clears throat> I just don't think yeah, we know I mean, much I guess, about them. I, I don't know what Texas A&M really does well besides having a good D line. Yeah, and like even that didn't really do a whole lot for them against a Sun Belt team. So I don't really know right. what it's going to do here. Is App State's line better than Miami's? It it might be. I don't know. I, I I don't think that's impossible with the lines Miami has had in recent years. But it uh, Texas A&M's defensive line did not have anywhere near the effect that I was expecting it to have against App State. And so I, I kind of worry that like maybe it's not actually that good. Maybe it just has a whole bunch of names that we know, but they're not actually good I, I think that that's a distinct possibility at this point miami uh, fuck dude i'm not impressed by I, I don't know like i don't see it at all like i don't think josh gaddis i, I always talk about i know he won the royals or whatever i don't think he's a very good coordinator i don't think he has like any ability to call a game yeah uh yeah i don't think he designs a very good offense i don't think tyler van dyke's like everything about everyone assumed about miami coming into the season or that they were high on i basically disagree with <laughs> yeah like <laughs> all the things that make people think well miami's gonna be pretty good I'm kind of like I don't I don't agree with any of that I guess their defensive staff is awesome, which means for Texas A&M they'll probably struggle to score 17 points. Mm-hmm. So, the question is, do you think Miami can get 17 points on Texas A&M's defense? Um, I don't think it's impossible. I mean, it uh, it doesn't seem like Texas A&M's especially good, right? Like it's you know we have this this preseason expectation of Texas A&M being poorly coached but extremely talented and they are extremely talented but I think that they're actually quite a bit worse in coaching than we even thought they were um and it doesn't seem like they're developing players even a little bit uh like guys are getting worse and so I don't know that I don't know that I think Texas A&M is capable of beating a team that is even just decent which I think Miami probably is at least decent I, just, I think they kind of stink. I think Texas A&M is just kind of a shitty football team. Yeah, yeah. Um, they do like Devin and Shane's great, but that's like it for their for their whole. Like they have no other way to score points. If he's if he doesn't have a great game, if he gets hurt this year the way he did last year, yeah, they are gonna be have one of the worst offenses in the FBS. Yeah, he's the whole offense. Like there was a uh, I don't remember who it, was. it might have been Bill. Aeneas Con- Smith is okay, but yeah, yeah, it might have been Bill Connolly who posted this, but the offense when. Uh, uh, when a Shane touched the ball was like six point three yards per play, and then without it was like three point one. It's it's uh it's it's Dude. pathetic. It's fucking pathetic what they have going on. Yeah, I mean, how do you let it get that bad, dude? Like, and also as Jimbo, how do you still like refuse to take your hands off of it? Like, how can you not see that it's not working? Yeah, I mean, at, at what point? Like, I I'm we're probably already there, but at what point do we need to start thinking of Jimbo not as like? a Dabo style national champion where, you know, Oh, well he, he still, he got the guys to get there and he's a good recruiter and all that stuff. And do we need to start thinking him more as more of like an Ed Orger run where he just had a generational fucking quarterback and got really, really lucky because it seems like yeah, he just it's... sucks. It seems like he's just a shitty football coach. Right. Well, and more specifically the offense he used to work for him doesn't work at all. anymore. Yeah, no, it's, it, it, it cannot, it, it is uh, incompatible with the way that football is currently played and cannot function. Um, yeah, I, I think he might just suck. I think his staff sucks. I think that his whole program sucks. I think his shoes are whack. His his air whack. The, you know the way yeah. he coaches yeah, whack. Yeah, all yeah, that yeah, shit. Yeah. Um, like I just I think that that might just be a bad program fundamentally. I think Texas A and M might just be really bad this year. Yeah, um, I, I'm losing a lot of faith on them. I think they can lose to basically the other top 
three to four teams in the SEC West. Like, I, I don't see shit out of them. Yeah. No, um, no fly list. Mississippi State at LSU. Hey, Mississippi State might benefit from Texas A&M not being very good. That that could be something oh, yeah. to, to consider. Uh, 6 p.m. on ESPN. Uh, I think Mississippi State is going to win this game, right? But LSU could, could, I think so too, could answer a whole lot wanna... of questions if, if it uh, doesn't allow that. If LSU wins at all, yeah. I think that would be a pretty big deal. I'll say them. this is the exact kind of game that Mike Leach's teams lose, though, right? Like, yeah. They should win on paper. They're a better football team. But they're just not as talented. They just fuck it up. Yeah, yeah. they, they really, really love to lose this sort of game to a, a team that they have no real business losing to. Um, who was it a couple years ago that that uh, just just completely shut down that offense? Um, might have been Washington. It's always Washington. Well, yeah, Washington, Washington did. It might have been Arkansas that did that as well. Oh, with, uh, 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 yeah, Arkansas did kill this with, team with the Odom. Where they it was like <laughs> it's just like they couldn't move the ball even a little bit. Um, I don't know that LSU has quite that that defensive prowess, but I, I it is definitely a possibility. I would still. I would assume Mississippi State wins. I would hope for Mississippi State's sake that it wins because I think it's a better football team. But uh, I, I could I could see it being the kind of thing where like, the, you know, we talked about coming into the season. This is an offense that needs yards after the catch that doesn't really have receivers who we trust to do that. Um, I could see it being the kind of game where LSU just plays them straight up and man, and their receivers aren't good enough to separate from you know superior athletes at cornerback, even if those athletes at cornerback are not good football players to this point. Right. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I am. I, like I said I'm very curious to see it. I, I do agree that Mississippi State should be the favorite here, but this is this is a game I'm fascinated to see, but it's a total stay away from me from a gambling perspective. I, I had just no interest in on this. Yeah, Texas Tech at NC State, 7 p.m. on ESPN two. I think NC State's going to roll here, but interesting to see NC State against the P5 team. We've not had the chance to do that yet. This is a team who we have a lot of interest in as a podcast. I think as as a lot of listeners do. Um, just curious, curious to see what they do. There's a lot of space in the uh, in the race for sort of top end of the sport, but not one of the top three of, of Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State. Um, and I think NC State is obviously firmly a part of that, and they have a chance to uh, to, to further prove themselves in that role this week. I think yeah, that uh, if, if if for our <clears throat> brand, if Texas Tech wins this fucking game, oh, dude, we're screwed. It's it's over. We're for us. absolutely yeah. screwed. <laughs> yeah, it's over for us. You know yeah. those little those little creeps I was arguing with her all summer are going to be back in my mentions and hordes. Yeah, it's uh, it, the the flipping the field pack watch would be uh, disastrous. Truly. Oh no, um, dude, we, we would be getting packed up. Yeah, this is uh, we're going to be keeping a very close eye on this one, and perhaps I mean even, me more than you even. Like you can at least I I will take. Yeah, the I'm chilling. For you. I also have the yeah. I have the quality filter on in my notifications, so I don't really see those guys in general. Um, not my problem. None yeah. of my business. Um, oh, I love getting every mention, dude. I love being in the in the trenches yeah <laughs> yeah you do <laughs> you do um yeah so i, I uh I'm gonna be watching this one very carefully and also perhaps considering some uh some some we'll say tanya harding style strategies if this is going wrong <laughs> in the second half that's that's gonna be the thought here as we as we move I, i've learned recently that we do have an inside man around texas tech football which okay I, I yeah so it's, it's uh yeah it'll be interesting to see it's it's zach kitley a lot of people don't know this zach kitley big <laughs> fan of the show um smu at maryland seven thirty on fs1 uh, just a shootout just a pure shootout um this is the kind of game that maryland loves to win and then get ranked off of and then get absolutely fucking dragged across the field by the first big 10 team they play like i don't know who it is but maryland loves to win this game 
um, and then play like Penn State and lose by 70 points. And so I, I have to assume that they're going to do that again this year because there's there's no oh, program. Yeah, they, they play next week at Michigan as the big new Oh, game. dude, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Maryland is, is destined to win this game by like 17 points, win it like 55 to, to 38 or something like that, and then be ranked going into the Michigan game. And then Michigan just skull fucks them for four hours. Like, it's a nightmare. <laughs> just an absolute fucking disaster. Oh, no. Sets the program back 20 years. Like, they love to do that. They do that every year. It's their favorite thing. Yeah, they do, that is their shit. That is their absolute shit. That's pretty much who they are as a team, yeah, right? Yeah, like they're the, just a team that does that. That's their role in the conference. Yeah, their job is to go 3-0 and in the non-conference and then be just a, a, a truly nightmarish, uh, you know, uh, and by sacrificial the way, you know land. And the West? That's, 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 Maryland is just eastern Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. There's not a team in the West who can really beat the fuck out of you like uh, like Michigan or Ohio State or Penn State will. But uh, it, it definitely is like Minnesota loves to start the season 6-0 and and then go play one good team and just get the piss kicked out of them. Um, yeah, that's uh, and they have the same exact coach, same guy, identical person, P.J. Fleck and Mike Loxley. Everybody's always saying yep. that. They're very similar guys. I'd love to see those two in a room together. I think that would be a fascinating conversation to observe. I need to see those guys do a lot of things together mm-hmm. uh utsa <laughs> at texas 8 p.m on the longhorn network um speaking of results that would be really really funny results involving uh red river rivalry teams that would be really really funny this would be really funny this would be extremely funny and i i, I don't think it's going to happen but god i would really enjoy it i i i don't know that i need it but i want it very badly Really? Do you care this much about this? I think it would be very funny. I think it would be very, very funny for Texas to lose to Jeff Trailer. I think that that would be... But you don't think they're going to do it. No, I don't think they're going to, but that would be so specifically designed to torture them after the the Alabama game, after they very, very nearly beat the number one team in the country, to turn around and then Jeff Trailer beats your ass, the guy who you probably should have hired. Like, that's... It's so funny. It's so deeply, deeply funny to have that happen to you. Also, we need to put Bijan Robinson on pack watch. Okay, it's, would, uh, he's he's sort of got Travion Henderson syndrome a little bit. How do you mean? He's not good at football. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think Travion at least like I don't know. No, Bijan's really good, but I mean, averaging four yards carry so far this season only has 128 yards total on the year. Yeah, the the uh, the thing I actually meant by that was that when he is in open space, he will make a lot of highlights, but he kind of isn't getting into open space a lot, and that he's honestly more of a receiver than he is a, a running back. And Ohio State doesn't use yeah. Travion like that. Saquon but, Barkley syndrome. Yeah, kind of Saquon Barkley syndrome, where like the, the highs are extremely high, but you watch him play and you're like, I don't really know about this. I don't really know that there's a whole lot going on here. Yeah, it's kind of like not fun to watch. Like it's fun to watch his highlights. It's really not fun to have him be your team's running back that much. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, people. People. I mean, look, he's still running back one in the class. Yada yada. I get all that, but like, very, I'm kind of bored by him. Very bleak class. <laughs> if he's running back, no. One, I mean, he's a pretty consensus RB one. Like, I, 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 I mean. I, who else I, are you taking? No one else in the class really has like breakaway. Uh, no one has any combination of physicality, breakaway speed like he does. I, well, personally, I just I, I running back draft talk specifically. Draft talk in general drives me crazy, but running back yeah, draft talk specifically is the worst fucking discourse in the entire world. Like it's uh, it's it's just so 
people talking about, oh, well, they don't matter, or, oh, well, they just need to be, it's just like fucking, I'm going to draft him as a receiver, basically, you know, <laughs> which running back's the best receiver? Like, I get that that's how offenses are run, and it's it's just, uh, it's annoying. It's very annoying to me to see, like, extremely productive and, and obviously very, very good college running backs going behind, like, Texas A&M guy who caught 80 passes but can't run. Like, that's, uh, it's, yeah. it just, it bothers me. I hear you. Um, um, one last game in this slate I added in here. We have Pitt at Western Michigan, 730 ESPNU. Yeah. Uh, Pitt with a hobbled Nick Patty at quarterback. Can, or they're saying Keenzoff is going to play. I don't know. Pitt basically is famous for putting out fake depth charts. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they don't actually include injuries in their depth charts at all. So they just list the regular depth chart after a guy gets hurt. Classic. Like, the only thing they do is move the oars around. That's kind of all they change week to week. It's like, if a guy plays well, they, they move the oar off. What's the um, point? Just don't put yeah. one out. <laughs> right. I, I don't really get it. But, like, theoretically, they're going to have Rodney Hammond back at running back. And they might have Keaton Slovis. So it's a weird, like, kind of game because they, if those guys are back, they should just kill Western Michigan, mm-hmm. right? But if they're both out, it's kind of like, oh, this might be a little sweaty for a team that's otherwise good. Yeah, I think Western Michigan is honestly too bad even for that. West, this Western yeah. Michigan team is, is I, I think, uh, extremely uh, bad. I don't want to say this because you know, I don't want this to happen, but it does have the makings of a classic disaster pit season. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, they come with a lot of hype after last year's results. They have a pretty easy path to it. And they just have like a series of horrific injuries and calamities that results in them going like seven and five against like the hundred best schedule in the country. Yeah, you know what I mean. They do love to do that. That is a uh, spe- yeah, they, speaking of of, uh, of of team scripts that they love to follow with Maryland. Pitt does love to do that. Pitt loves to come into yes. a season feeling extremely good, and then their quarterback dies in week two, and then they go seven and five. That's like it's their uh, main shit, dude. Yeah, that's uh, that's really the dream situation for Pitt. It seems like that's when they're happiest. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna watch that personally, but I think that if it is, that's another one where like could be a weird score, I guess, in the third quarter. Again, I think Western Michigan is dog ass. I think it's going to be one of the worst football teams in America this year. But um, I suppose if Pitt doesn't have a passing game or a running game, that could cause them problems. Um, late night, Guantanamo Bay, banger. Gonna watch probably the entirety of this game. Fresno State at USC, ten thirty on Fox. Um, it's gonna be really fun to see if USC has a defense. I don't think they do. I don't think they do yeah. at all. I don't think they have anything Fresno, even resembling though, a defense. That's the problem. Does Fresno Fre- State have a defense? Fresno State had a top twenty-five defense last year. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but did you watch them play this past week? Like- <laughs> it was not. It was not great. It was not ideal, certainly. But uh, Fresno State, I think, has at least as much of a defense as USC does, if not more. I, I would I would say that. Yeah, I'm excited for this game. Don't be wrong. I think Jay Kaner is one of the most fun players to watch in college football. Um, I, I am excited about the way that the receivers are developing, specifically uh, Nico Remigio. Remigio? Mm-hmm. How do you pronounce that name? Uh, their top receiver. The WAP, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I'm excited to see him play a little more. Uh, USC probably wins this game, given that it's at home, and it's going to be a really fun football game, and there's going to be a lot of lot of fun plays. This is going to be a good game to, uh, to catch. Yeah. Dude, last year we talked about SMU as having just this insane, like way out of their league receiving core. Fresno State has that this year <laughs> with uh, with Remigio and Jalen Cropper and, uh, oh, who's the other kid? Um, Josh Kelly. Like, and then also uh, uh, um, Jordan Mims at, at running back. Like, insane skill core to have. They basically at, have at, what SMU always does. Yeah, yeah. They've, they've basically just, just, uh, just, just stolen their flow. But, like, 
that's a really, really good skill core. That's a really unbelievably good skill core relative to the kind of recruiting that they're usually capable of. Um, that is, and, and Jordan uh, Mims, by the way, Jordan Mims, speaking of him, is from Palo Alto uh, and is better okay. than any Stanford running back like since McCaffrey. Man, yeah, weird that they're not playing very well right now. Weird that that program seems to be really struggling with the uh, you know yeah. state of affairs. It must be that their offense isn't isn't modern enough. It's not that they uh, don't fucking recruit anyone good. It's it's probably that their offense isn't modern enough. I heard somebody who is who is uh, considered to be one of the smart members of college football media saying that shit this week. It's 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 uh, we're we're on an island here, brother. Yeah, we're on an island. It has permeated the entire fucking ecosystem except for us. Everybody else is poisoned by this stupid idea that modernizing your offense means running the shittiest fucking offense in the world. It's it's uh, oh, you have to run 45 RPOs a game to be a modern offense. Shut up. And it's and it's like I'm not even to say, by the way, that like they shouldn't have some modern tags in their offense in the future. I mean, I know it doesn't doesn't support that, but like it's problem 19 to fix after like getting an offensive line, like getting good players, like, you know, uh, like teaching your quarterback how to hit the receivers. Like those are the things you should work on first before we talk about getting like the, getting the system up to date. The system is not the problem. Yeah. And it's, it's fucking scheme guys. Scheme guys say this shit and it drives me crazy. It's like you, (laughs) you should know football well enough to know that changing your entire identity is not going to be the thing to fix a rotten offense that is struggling to protect for fucking passes. They're They can't move the ball because they can't block. It's the first thing you have to be able to do and they don't do it. They don't have speed. They don't have any shit going on. It is not that they don't run the same fucking Mickey Mouse plays that everybody else runs. It, 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 Right. It drives me fucking crazy. That was not like the their system. Problem. The system's the problem at Texas A&M, right? Like yeah. That's where it's an issue. Like place like well, that, yeah, you get that fixed. That is the kind of place where you are not, they're not recruiting for anything in particular. They're just accumulating talent. Stanford can't do that. Stanford cannot recruit right. like that. They need to recruit to a specific system. And they have taken away that, that ability. They have taken away the benefit of, oh, we have a specific system that we can, t- that we can sell. And it, it's, uh, yeah, to, to see people who are, who are, you know, identified as, as the smart members of college football media echoing this shit. It's just like, yeah, it's no wonder Pathetic. that the same fucking offense exists at 120 different schools. It's because you fucking clapping seals can't get enough of this shit. It's, it's jingling keys. It's, it's, uh, it's just annoying. Very, very annoying to see. Um, this game won't be, though. This game's going to kick ass. Not at all annoying to see. Really excited for this one. Um, sorry, I went and got myself mad about fucking Stanford again. I'm, I'm sick of it. Sick of this shit. You're good. Um, San Diego State at Utah, 10 p.m. on ESPN2 for the most wanted section. I don't really know that this is going to be competitive because I think San Diego State might not be very good this year. Um, mm-hmm. But chance at a bounce back for Utah against its first real opponent since the Florida game. Um, kind of a brick wall against a brick wall here. I don't imagine it's going to be entertaining unless you're like really into defense. But I I do think that this is a a pretty big game for Utah. Pretty pretty major uh, chance to to get back on track here. Agreed. Uh, and our final game of the night, we have North Dakota State at Arizona kicking off at 11 p.m. Eastern on FS1. Mm-hmm. Um, Arizona Pack Watch. Arizona Pack Watch. Yep. As always, he's unabated. North Dakota State loves to do this. Um, Arizona at least has two good players in the roster, which is two, like maybe one more than I thought they would have. Um, yeah. But, uh, I mean, I, fuck these guys. Yeah, I'm sick of these guys. I don't need to see it anymore. Sorry, I've got running water in the background. Um, 
just uh, I mean, you do want to have that in a home generally. Usually, you do want to have running water in the background. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Arizona is going to lose, which is going to be really funny. Uh, that's that's sort of the only reason that this is on here is that I think yeah. Arizona is going to lose. I mean, it's not. It's a it, North Dakota State's a better football program, right? Like it's just it has better yeah. players and things uh, that it does. I'm looking forward to seeing where their uh, receiver, uh, Tetawara McMillan, the freshman, transfers to whenever they fire Joe Fish. Yeah, that will um, be fun. That'll be entertaining to see. Um, yeah, I think he's a future Buckeye. I'm hearing Buckeye. Okay. <laughs> future future Buckeye. Um, got some fears about USC and its potential <laughs> involvement in yeah. that, given the the region of the country that he's in. Um, but we'll see. Fun slate, fun uh, fun week of football. We're, we're, uh, we're out on the saying that a slate might not be good because I don't fucking know. They're usually good. Um, it's college football. It's going to be hard to complain too much. Um, and uh, we're not going to. We're only going to complain about people who have slighted us personally by saying things that we disagree with. Um, right. Or uh, Jed Fish enjoyers, which is sort of the yeah, same. Yeah, same ex Indiana bloggers. Yeah, right. yeah, things of that, <laughs> things of that nature. Um, you know, and uh, and we're Tony just going to keep on keep on fighting yeah. the good fight on on that front, and uh, we will. Uh, we will we will be back on Monday with the recap for those of you who are not willing to drop the bag. For those of you who are not big money getters, uh, for those of you who right. do not have money mindset, um, and then we will also have, as well as the recap, we will have the premium show on Monday for those of you who do have the bag for the for the big money getters for the money mindset players, for the CEO hustlers, for those guys, the, uh, you know, the, 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 the swagged out Shane Beamers of the world. Um, yeah. you already know that they're dropping a bag to listen to the part to the premium show. So we will be back then. If you, um, if you listen to the show and you cannot bench more than 225 and you want to learn how you don't scratch the premium. That's yeah. It's, it's the only way that you can learn how there's no other way. To get that information. You want to be a two plate poppy. <laughs> come, come, come bark with the big dogs. That's right. 